0: morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it may be for you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mind Chips, where we discuss mindfulness, stoicism, simplicity, and everything in between. Today's episode is called Imagination and Boredom. The imagination is powerful in that it knows exactly what you want most, and makes obtaining that desire just within your reach, but never truly graspable. This compels you to actualize it by some physical means, like holding a biscuit over a dog's head just above its vertical reach. Consider the times you pursued someone or something. Now ask yourself, was it the person or thing alone that got you stirred up in lust or fascination? Or rather, was it the imagination creating the most perfect and ideal scenarios that you just couldn't seem to ignore? James Clear suggests of this phenomenon that it's not the thing in and of itself that motivates us. Rather, it's the satisfaction or fear that we anticipate feeling that compels us. In in the same way, it's our imagination making the most disarming and beautiful representations of what would otherwise be ordinary and unassuming that motivates us to act. You know, a, a dollar is just paper until our imagination and reason, turns it into something of value, and then we all know the things that people are willing to do for a piece of paper. To add, the imagination is slave to no man, or subjected to its siren call with little to no autonomy over what it manifests, or the intensity of those manifestations, though we like to convince ourselves we are, that we have control of and operate in it with omnipotence, when in reality, in relation to our imagination, it seems we're largely just fish being lured by a hook with our base desires and greatest fears. Samuel Johnson says of this phenomenon, there is no man whose imagination does not sometimes predominate over his reason, who can regulate his attention wholly by his will, and whose ideas will come and go at his command. No man will be found in whose mind airy notions do not sometimes tyrannize, and force him to hope or fear beyond the limits of his sober probability. You know, consider those ridiculous what-ifs. What if this doesn't work out? What if they aren't really busy with work and they're just dodging me? Oftentimes, it's never the case that anything credible prompts these wildly counterproductive and sabotaging thoughts. They just seem to come up by virtue of an imagination that aims to convince us that what it creates is an actual proximus possibility. Perhaps it's out of mere boredom that our mind runs amuck. We all know the questionable things that we'll engage in not to be bored. Perhaps the imagination works in the same way. And this brings us to the next part of today's episode, and a philosophical concept expressed by many great thinkers, such as Arthur Schopenhauer. He says, If the world were a paradise of luxury and ease, a land flowing with milk and honey, where every jack obtained his jill at once and without any difficulty. Men would either die of boredom or hang themselves, or there would be wars, massacres, and murders, so that in the end mankind would inflict more suffering on itself than it has now to accept at the hands of nature. He's suggesting that we'll stir up conflict and facilitate our own destruction so long as it means we conquer boredom. We'll create our own personal boogeyman to chase us so long as it motivates us to action. This seems especially true in recent decades, of, as we've evolved in such a short time to need to be overstimulated. Wars are started because people in powerful places can't fathom not doing anything. People self-sabotage because the idea of normalcy in a frictionless existence is unsettling. We engage in feudal political debates because it's a preferable alternative to not having anything to debate at all. Some troll others on the internet not because there's anything at all to prove but because they have nothing better to do. Why is boredom such a troublesome thing to experience? Because boredom is the lack of excitement. It's the lack of engagement. It negates one's humanity. Boredom tells the individual that he or she has nothing to offer, him or herself, or the world for that matter. And This is a terribly depressing sentiment, so of course people go to extreme lengths not to be bored. Now, on one hand, I'd like to say that boredom is nothing to detest, as it's necessary to be still, to sit at peace and disengage from the constant demands of society and existence. That sitting with boredom is the best way to appreciate the activities that you engage in, just like being sick makes you appreciate being well. On the other hand, um, discomfort with boredom may be as rational and essential as one's discomfort with a jail cell. One of the most common things mentioned by people nearing the end of their lives is that they wish that they had done more. Perhaps boredom, which in and of itself seems to be a negative sensation such as anxiety, serves the purpose of motivating us to action so that we don't waste our limited time alive. To end, we should nurture our imagination, not poison it by consuming chaos and negativity. We should practice prudence and not allow ourselves to be fixated on the images and creations of the mind. We should be mindful of the tricks that our imagination plays on us. It's not always the case that the imagination knows something as a matter of fact, nor are its creations the most credible depictions of reality. Lastly, we should flirt with boredom and be okay with disengaging, This staves off Burnout and also allows one to appreciate the external world instead of becoming complacent and needing greater amusement just to be happy. Thank you for listening. Remember to always be patient with yourself and appreciate what you can while you can. Have a good day.